Sam Raimi might direct Doctor Strange 2, Lethal Weapon 5 is happening, and Indiana Jones 5 won't be a reboot and will star Harrison Ford. Plus, the petition to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2 is seriously heating up, and I review Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the podcast where I go through all the news of the week in the world of entertainment and pop culture. I also review some stuff every now and then. And this is actually going to be a bit of a special episode because it's Birds of Prey week. Well, at least it came out on Friday. And I thought it'd be nice to start off this podcast by actually doing the review of Birds of Prey. So to give it its full title, Birds of Prey and the the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. This is directed by Kathy Yan and it stars Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Junie uh, Smollett-Bell, Rosie Perez, Chris Messina, Ella J. Basco, Ali Wong and Ewan McGregor. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, I loved Birds of Prey. I'm also going to be honest, I'm going to say, actually, before this film came out, I, I really wasn't that excited for it. Um, I thought it's just a kind of, it's probably going to be your average kind of run-of-the-mill comic book movie. And there are elements of that in it. There are definitely elements of that in it. There are elements of it, you know, it's not, it's not, it's it's not reinventing the wheel as far as, as, far as comic book movies are concerned. But what I said um, in my initial tweet after coming out of the movie, is that I enjoyed it much more than uh, Joker. And uh, I uh, emphasis on enjoyed it, because I really don't think <laughs> I don't think Joker is a movie that you go in to enjoy. I think what Birds of Prey is, is it's, it's a really enjoyable, fun, fast, fast-paced, vibrant, colourful comic book movie. And that, I think that is as 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 much as you could expect. The, the very, the, it's really what you want when you're going in to watch a film called Birds of Prey, which stars Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And really, I'm going to have to say that Margot Robbie in this is fantastic. She is wonderful. Uh, she was the best thing about Suicide Squad, and she's pretty much the best thing about this film as well. As well. She is one of those act- actors who's just able to inhabit a role completely and utterly and just immerse herself in Harley Quinn. What is Harley Quinn? It's, you really can't imagine any other actor in the world playing Harley Quinn as well as she does. She got she has the voice down to a T. She's really, she's brilliant in the action sequences. She's funny. And she's also a producer on this movie. So this is very much her film. It's something that she tried very hard to get made. Uh, she kind of got it made on her own. And it's basically, uh, it boils down to, this is the film uh, that Suicide Squad wanted to be. There are a lot of elements in this film that were were in Suicide Squad. It's kind of got this kind of erratic pace to it. It's it's not really a linear story. It's kind of told in bits. It's very choppy. You know, there are lots of um, moments in the movie that happen kind of out of out of context and out of in in, in a different timeline, let's say. And um, it's it's got it's got that similar kind of editing. F- kind of frantic pace to it that Suicide Squad had and it's got the music as well it's got the kind of popular pop culture music in it it's got kind of poppy music going on but it's not as jarring as it was in Suicide Squad everything Suicide Squad felt like just one long well actually a multiple 
trailers, really, and a bunch of music videos all put together into one movie. Whereas this, it's very, it's actually done in a way where it all makes sense and it all works and it all just comes together into a. It's it's a nice it's a nice good package of a movie. It's it's it makes sense. It just really makes sense, and that's that's what I loved about Birds of Prey more than anything. It just it's a film with incredible action sequences, and you can really feel that the director of John Wick had had a hand in in doing these. There were there were some uh, reports that they redid some of the action sequences in this, and they brought him in, and. Um, but it's not just that it's just it works as far within the context of the movie so it is very much Kathy Yan's movie as a director and you can really feel that and um i can't you know the the cast is is wonderful and i actually think that each character within the birds of prey has her own story arc which is interesting and they all have um they all have agency as far as each character in the movie is concerned. I would say I would have liked, you know, you don't you don't get to see like the team up that you were really expecting to see. I don't want to spoil anything, but even so, you still feel like you actually know these characters pretty well by the end of the movie. And then there's Ewan McGregor as Roman Sarnis, who's the the villain in this in this movie, also known as Black Mask, and he. <laughs> I have to say he's really well cast. I think he's really, really good in this film. And Chris Messina's playing um, Zaz in the film. And, and I really like them as a kind of almost comedic duo. And um, and I like I like the fact that this is a villain that's very different to the other villains. He's not he's mad, but not quite like uh, Jared Leto mad. He's actually, he's very amusing. He's quite, in a weird way, quite witty. And he's also quite, um, you feel kind of sorry for him as well. It, it's a really interesting take on on the character and something that I really do look at what Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment are doing with these new uh, DC Comics movies. And I think that they're, they're not afraid to take risks. And I do think this, this film is a risk. And, um, and I think you can tell there are reports coming out at the moment that the movie hasn't performed quite as well as they wanted to in its opening weekend. But I also think that this movie is going to benefit from repeat viewings. I think a lot of people are going to want to go back to the cinema to watch this. I know that I will, and I've already, I know a lot of people and uh, a lot of other critics um, who saw the film early want and wanted to go and see it immediately afterwards, which is the, it's, that's the hallmark of a great comic book film. You want to go back in and watch it again. And that, that, that is the case with Birds of Prey. That is the case. You want to see a sequel. You want to see these characters again. And I, I was, I never lost interest in the film, and <laughs> I think maybe the fact that the, the the plot isn't the most complex plot in the world, it means that you actually follow it pretty easily. The uh, the fight scenes are visually very interesting, whereas in Suicide Squad they were basically just fighting blob monsters, really, in the movie. I thought that film is so bad. <laughs> It's just so bad, but this is just—it's night and day. And I really do think they'll look at this, and David A will be like, "Well, that's the film I actually wanted to make." Um, but I'm so glad they made this. I'm so glad that Margot Robbie really pushed for this because I really did enjoy it. And again, I'm not saying it's a better movie than Joker because I re- actually I think it's very difficult to compare those two films. I think it's unfair to do that. They're very different. Um, but I—I I actually think this is actually just good comic book f- movie fun. And it's been a while since we've seen something like this. Actually, I, I would say it's been since Thor Ragnarok, where we've 
seen um, a movie, a comic book movie, just embrace its comic book nature and its kind of, not really its source material because it's not really, uh, I I mean, it has similarities to the Birds of Prey comics, but it's not really a Birds of Prey movie in that sense. It's a different lineup. It's very much centered around Harley Quinn, who's not really the, the lead kind of bird of prey let's let's say but um i really i really i really enjoyed that aspect that kind of you can feel that this is a comic book movie and i feel that we've we've lost that recently it's been more kind of i I mean i swear avengers endgame is a comic book movie but this this really embraced its kind of vibrant uh fields that you get in a in a dc comic and uh, and what you'd get in a harley quinn comic and I really think it should be applauded for that. And it's been getting really good. It's been getting a lot of positive reviews. And I've, you know, my review was very positive of it. I'm being very positive about it now. And I really do, I would highly, highly recommend you go and see this film. Especially if you liked Margot Robbie's um, uh, performance in Suicide Squad. If you like Margot Robbie as an, act, as, a, as an actor, if you like seeing Ewan McGregor be good, if you like seeing good John Wick type action, if you want to see a comic book movie that that is a bit different to what we've been getting recently, then I think this is the movie for you. I really do. And I, I really do hope a lot of people go and watch it because I, I think it's fun. I think it's fantabulous. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Let's move on to the news. There's been a, a, a lot of news since the last time I did one of these. So um, I, I've just kind of, I've boiled it down to a couple of really what I think are key new uh, news stories. So the first one, obviously, is that uh, Marvel Studios is reportedly looking at Sam Raimi to direct Doctor Strange 2. So this came this this came from, I think it was Variety. And um, the fact that it's Variety basically means that I kind of believe that it's true. Sam Raimi directing Doctor Strange 2 to me would be incredible i think sam he hasn't worked in a while actually as as a director he's done a lot of producing but uh, i think he's a wonderful director i think spider-man 3 aside i've loved every movie he's done so if you go right back to the beginning you've got the evil dead the evil dead 2 uh, army of darkness then you've got spider-man and spider-man 2 really really good films um i i really think he kind of reinvented comic book movies and he brought in you could feel like his horror sensibility in that as well in the like the Spider-Man movies, like they kind of, as as a kid watching them, I thought they were quite scary. And they are, there is that kind of horror influence in those films. And I really do think he would work perfectly for Doctor Strange. And it's kind of strange that they um, get rid of Scott Derrickson because apparently he wanted it to be more of a horror movie, and then bring in basically a horror director. But who knows what they want? I mean, who knows what was going on behind closed doors? And talking of Scott Derrickson, he actually voiced his support for Sam Raimi to direct Doctor Strange 2 on Twitter. So, which, I mean, first off, he's he is still on board the project as an executive producer, which is, I think they kind of have to do that anyway. It's probably, they couldn't get rid of him entirely. But he said... I've worked with Sam Raimi, one of the nicest people I've known in the film business, and as a director, a true living legend. What's a great choice to take over Doctor Strange? And I think everybody agrees with him. I I really can't think of anybody who doesn't want to see what Sam Raimi could do with Doctor Strange 2 in the the multiverse of madness, which um, I really, uh, now that, I mean, I was was excited for it before because the name is incredible and I like the idea of a more horror kind of horror movie comic book film 
especially and I think it works really well with Doctor Strange but now that Sam Raimi's involved I'm really excited to see this film more Marvel news John Krasinski apparently he wants to star in the Fantastic Four reboot so he was actually talking about it in a recent interview and um, he was talking to Total Film and he said that he would love to be in the Marvel Universe he loves those movies he thinks they're really fun but he also thinks they're really well done and a lot of his friends are in those movies as well but he said he would love to be Mr. Fantastic. And <laughs> this has started a whole host of... Uh, I mean, he's been fan cast as, as Reed Richards for years. Um, he's had a really interesting uh, kind of history with the Marvel movies. Of course, he was in the running to be Captain America, and that, that role eventually went to Chris Evans. But he's now really shown what he can do in... First off, you look at him in, in uh, Jack Ryan in, in the series. I, I think he's incredible in those in, in that TV show. And he's shown that he can do action. And he's shown that he can direct with A Quiet, Pl- uh, uh, with a, a Quiet Place. And he's directing A Quiet Place Part 2 now. I really can't wait to see that film. So there's, there's scope there to have him actually star in the Fantastic Four reboot and maybe even direct it. And there's also reports that they're also eyeing Emily Blunt to play Susan Storm in the movie and I really think that's where they should go I think they should cast both of these actors uh, and the fact that their real their real life um, husband and wife kind of works as well that we already know they have great chemistry on screen together they're really wonderful together in a quiet place and they seem to like working together and it could be a project that you hand over to them and it would just I think it would be wonderful I really do I think the, I think Fantastic Four deserves to be. I think it deserves a good movie. First of all, we haven't had, we've never had a good Fantastic Four movie. Josh, I thought I I genuinely thought Josh Trank would do a good a good job with it, but he didn't. Um, I'm not sure how much of that was his fault or studio interference. But I really do think if you give John Krasinski the movie and have him and Emily Blunt star in it, it will be something really special. And I would I'd really really like to see that. So there are also rumours that um, Captain Marvel 2 could feature X-Men's Rogue in actually a key role. So that's that's quite interesting because actually out of all the characters they could have brought into Captain Marvel 2, I actually think Rogue makes the most sense. So the, w- I, I suppose a lot of you might be thinking, well, she's in X-Men, how can they use her? Well, of course, now that Disney now owns Fox, they can now use those characters so she can star in an MCU movie. And if they're going to use anybody from the X-Men, I think she is perfect. I think I really would like to see Brie Larson, uh, her version of Captain Marvel, kind of interact with Rogue and actually maybe even sympathize with her. I think she'd be a really interesting character to have in that film. And uh, I think that's that's a good way to go, if that is the way they're going to go. So let's move away from Marvel and on to DC Comics. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have heard about this, but there's a petition on Change.org to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2 and it's starting to get a lot of traction online and uh, one of the one of the things that's happening is that more and more people are signing this petition so now it's I think it's over 200 I think it's 220,000 now signatures is, is hit which is a lot which means that Marvel really um sorry Warner Brothers really has to look at this now and take notice of this now I'm not going to go into the specifics of why why people want her gone. Let's just say it's down to what happened between her and Johnny Depp. 
you know, there, there is a reason, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you know it. Uh, I just don't. I don't want to get any in, into any legal trouble about it because um, I have no idea if I say something, it'll come back to me. I really don't want that to happen. But there are now rumours that Warner Brothers they are they are thinking of replacing her as Mira in Aquaman two. Honestly, I think maybe just have get rid of the character entirely. There's not there's no real need to have Mira in Aquaman two. There are plenty of other uh, characters in the Aquaman comics that you can use. I mean, it'd be a shame, I think, to see Amber Heard go because I actually think she was quite good casting for the role. I thought she was fine in the first film, but then again, there are lots of other actors out there that could play the role as well. I mean, I'm going, I'm actually planning an article on this now, on this for next week of uh, which actors could replace Amber Heard as Mira, and there are loads of people. You know, first, I mean, off the top of my head, you could get Jessica Chastain possibly in. You know maybe get proper redheads in um karen gillen might be an interesting person to bring in as well she was one that came up but or just hire somebody that's uh that's kind of new in the industry and um someone that really <laughs> does well in the audition you know who knows there who who knows who might turn out you know kind of come out of out of obscurity you know, some someone it might it might be something really good actually to hire somebody that's not very well known so that they really make the role their own because I really do think we kind of sometimes when you talk about really big names joining these big uh, big comic book projects it kind of becomes more about them and less about the character so maybe maybe try and find a, a rather unknown actress that can play her and uh, and make the role her own a bit like what uh, Margot Robbie did with with harley quinn i know margaret robbie was pretty well known when she took on harley quinn but she's not she wasn't as well known as she is now and she's really made that role her own so yeah i think i think that would be an interesting way to go talking of margot robbie so she was talking about who might turn up in the sequel fingers crossed they do the sequel i really really want to see a birds of prey sequel but she was um she was talking to cbr and uh, they asked her who they who she would like to team up with on the big screen. Who she who she would like to see Harley Quinn team up with on the big screen. And she said Poison Ivy. She said I've been pushing for a Poison Ivy reunion for a long time because obviously Ivy and Harley have such an incredible relationship. So I'd love to explore that. And I think that would be really really good. I think I actually I don't really think anyone else. If I'm thinking of all the DC Comics characters and specifically the characters that have a lot a lot to do with Harley Quinn in the comic books and Poison Ivy is kind of a no-brainer. Um, she's been played before in the... Um, we've seen her in the movies before. She was played by Uma Thurman. But I really do think it would also be an interesting opportunity to cast someone really, really interesting for that role. And I think she's... I think it's. it'd be interesting to see someone like more powers in the Birds of Prey movies. And I think she would be a really good addition to the cast. And just the the roster, the Birds of Prey roster, which is something that's really exciting. You can keep on expanding and expanding and bringing in new and interesting uh, DC Comics characters into these movies. So let's move away from uh, comic book movies and on to Lethal Weapon 5. <laughs> so it's been confirmed that Lethal Weapon 5 is happening and that Danny, um, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson are returning. So this actually was took place uh, during a... So it was Dan Lin who's the film's producer, and he was talking during a roundtable discussion with The Hollywood Reporter. So he's actually the producer of The Two Popes, which is up for Oscars this year, and then got onto the 
they got onto Lethal Weapon and, and specifically Lethal Weapon 5 and whether it was still happening or not. And he said, we're trying to make the last Lethal Weapon movie and Dick Donner's coming back. The original cast is coming back and it's just amazing. The story itself is very personal to him. Mel and Danny are ready to go. So it's all about the script. I mean, if they've got a good script for this, then yeah. And honestly, I was not clamoring for Lethal Weapon 5. I thought Lethal Weapon 4... <laughs> was the end and that was it but no apparently they do want to make a fifth movie and talking of fifth movies apparently they're making indiana jones 5 it won't be a reboot and harrison ford will return so this this was revealed by uh, lucasfilm president kathleen kennedy who was um she was talking to reporters on the on the red carpet of the baftas and she kind of they, they some one of the reporters just asked her about uh, about Indiana Jones and whether it was whether it was happening or not, and she said, "We're working away, getting the script where we want it to be, and then we'll be ready to go." Harrison Ford will be involved. It's not a reboot; it's a continuation. So again, are we are we demanding for an Indiana Jones five? I really didn't think we were, but apparently, they're going to be making another one. And I do like the idea of seeing Harrison Ford come back, but honestly, they're going to get they're going to need a Zimmer frame for this guy cuz he's he's getting on a bit, but I really uh, <laughs> I'm really interested to see what Lu- Lucasfilm does. Now that kind of they're done, I'm going to go into this a bit more, but now that the Star Wars films are kind of they're on hiatus let's say maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to start concentrating on indiana jones 5 and actually making this one a good one because the fourth film was awful indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull is not a good movie uh kathleen kennedy has also been talking about um the future star wars movies and she said that a future star wars movie will be directed by a woman so this is this is actually really important because We've had a lot of Star Wars movies recently, a lot of them if you add in the spin-off films, and none of them have been directed by a woman. And it's kind of, you kind of think, well, why? Because there are lots of good women out there, and they have, it's not just they haven't been directed by women. Women haven't been in the conversation. When, you, when you're talking about who could direct a Star Wars movie, which directors are in contention to direct a new Star Wars film, there has uh, there have been no women mentioned and that's that's really bizarre because you've got so many brilliant female directors out there that could do a wonderful job with uh, with star wars so you've got patty jenkins lulu lulu wang greta gerwig catherine bigelow lynn ramsey chloe Zhao, jennifer kent i don't think jennifer kent would do it but it'd be wonderful if 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 she did but when when we're talking about future directors so we're talking about the Game of Thrones guys. We're talking about John Favreau. We're talking we're talking about Taika Waititi. Talking about J.J. Abrams. The Russo brothers come up. You know, they're all wonderful directors in their own right, but they're all men. And you think, why is that? You know, why why did they bring in Ron Howard to direct Solo when and they fired the you know they fired Lord and Miller? Yeah. You know, that it really to me is it's puzzling it is perplexing because i mean first off yes it's true that most of the directors working in hollywood are men <coughs> which is you know that's just the state of things you know but it is strange that there have been no women in the conversation which i i just find a bit mind-boggling because there are really good women in in the industry that would make a very good star wars movie kevin feige has you know he's going to be directing a sales film 
The guy's never directed a movie. I love Kevin Feige. I think he's great, but he's a producer. You know, so it's two very different things. But yeah, he's going to be directing a Star Wars movie, uh, at least as it stands, because at the moment, it just changes every day. Now, there. I mean, we did have... Um, we, the Mandalorian did see Deborah Chow... Uh, you know, the direct a few episodes of the Mandalorian, that and that's that's great. She's she was she did a very good job. She was she's a very good director, and she's at the moment, hopefully, fingers crossed, still the showrunner for the Obi Wan Kenobi series. So we're moving in the right direction, I suppose, as far as that's concerned. And um, you know, hopefully, a future Star Wars movie will be directed by a woman. Talking of uh, future Star Wars movies, <laughs> apparently, Bob Iger revealed that the Star Wars films are going to be put on hold for a while. So he actually revealed this during a um, an investor's co- uh, call. So it was in a, you know, a meeting with a bunch of investors. And these are calls that you actually can listen in on without being an investor, which is quite funny. But um, it's something that a lot of journalists do. They spend their time listening to these calls. Sometimes some news comes out of it. And this is one of the... Actually, this call was actually... There was a lot of news that came out of this call. But that, that was one of the things that came out. And uh, that's it for Star Wars news. Let's move on. There's been a, a Fast and Furious 9 trailer, and it revealed that Han is returning. Okay, first off, let's talk about a little bit about Fast and Furious 9. Uh, or just, it's abbreviated just to Fast 9 now, or just even F9, I think some people are calling it. So this film, first off, it's not featuring <laughs> The Rock. He's not going to be in it, but it will have John Cena in it. And, uh, you know, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, but sorry he's been cast as Jacob who's Dominic Toretto's brother Dominic Toretto played by Vin Diesel he's actually his younger brother and he looks a whole lot angrier than uh, than Dominic than Dom and uh, it looks like he is going to be basically Dom versus Jacob in this film and I think Cypher who's played by uh, Charlize Theron is going to have something to do with this she's going to be in the background but the very end of this trailer, which is a bombastic trailer, it's just stupid action. <laughs> Han appears out of nowhere, and uh, if you've been watching these movies, which is basically they're just te- they're just telenovelas now, really. It's just one long telenovela. But uh, yeah, he died in Tokyo Drift, uh, which was a long time ago, and the way they kept on bringing him back was by making these films prequels, and. Um, Apparently he didn't die, <laughs> at least if this if this trailer's to believe. Now there are some people that are saying that this is actually Han's twin brother, which is um, people are saying this because there's the hashtag Justice for Han going around everywhere. So if Han is alive, does he need justice? I suppose he does actually technically, but you know we're probably going to work out. Well, this film's going to tell us what happened to Han and how he survived. I'm hoping that it is Han and not his twin brother because that would just be dumb. But then again, these movies, they're not the cleverest movies and they are basically telenovelas. So, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it is his long-lost brother. Who knows? Uh, moving away from uh, the Fast and Furious franchise and onto the James Bond franchise... And Henry Cavill revealed that he'd love to play James Bond post-Daniel Craig. So he was talking to Men's Health. And <clears throat> he was first off asked about his audition for Bond, which apparently it was down to him and Daniel Craig and eventually went to Craig. But he said, with the whole Bond process, I screen tested many, many moons ago. And it was, as far as I, I know, down to Daniel and myself and maybe one other. I think Daniel, sorry, Mr. Craig has done an incredible job at being Bond. And if this is indeed his last one, then the playing field is open. 
There are no conversations just yet, but we'll see what happens. It would be great fun to play. I really think um, he... I mean, I've said this time and time again. I think if you give Cavill uh, a good script, which I don't think he's had, actually, uh, in a lot of his movies, I think he's really good. So if you if you watch him in um, Mission Impossible Fallout, I think he's brilliant in that film. Uh, I really liked him in Man From U.N.C.L.E. as well. And I actually, I think he'd make a really interesting Bond. And I really think he should be in the conversation more. But it, it looks like he's not, which is a shame. It's also been revealed that No Time to Die is going to be the longest James Bond movie ever. So it's almost coming in at three hours long, which is, that's long. So it's actually uh, two, wait, it's so Fukunaga's Bond is currently at two hours and 54 minutes which is long. That's a long movie. Uh, the previous longest Bond film ever was Spectre at 2 hours and 28 minutes. It's, it's a quite a lot longer than that. Um, but apparently it's apparently it's very good. That's what I'm hearing at the moment. Apparently it's really, really good. We have to wait until April 3rd for No Time to Die. So we'll, we'll have to wait, <laughs> wait until then. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be the best Bond movie ever and the best way to say goodbye to Daniel Craig. Last bit of movie news this week. Uh, a new movie coming out called Spiral Book um, from the Book of Saw. It had its first trailer and it's starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. And this is a Saw movie. This is insane. I am really happy that they did this. Basically, um, Chris Rock, This is they developed this movie from an original idea of his. It is based in the Saw universe. And um, it's going to be directed by Daniel uh, Darren Lynn B- uh, Bousman, who directed the second and third Saw movies, I believe. And I'm really, really looking forward to this film. If you've seen the trailer, it's kind of... It seems as though it's going back to its roots. It's um, back to kind of cops trying to figure out what's going on, which is the aspect of Saw that I really like. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of gore in it, which all Saw fans seem to love. And... Um, <laughs> it's something that I I watch and I enjoy, kind of. <laughs> I think enjoy is is it is a difficult word to use in this context, but I think this one looks fun and I'm really excited to see it. Moving on to TV shows, so The Mandalorian season two is coming to Disney Plus in October 2020. That's not very far away. So I was talking about that call with Bob Iger. So this is actually one of the bits of news that came out of that call. <sighs> that is. That is a quick turnaround. It feels like I just stopped watching The Mandalorian like a week ago. But yeah, so it's going to come back this year. It's going to come back in October. So they're going to they're really getting this one out quick. Uh, more Star Wars TV news. Apparently Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be dealing with depression and PTSD in the upcoming Kenobi series, which is to be expected considering what he went through at the very end of uh, the prequel series. You know, he lost his best friend. His his best friend's wife died. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, all the Jedi were killed. It's a pretty traumatic experience. So of course he's going to be depressed. Of course he's going to be suffering from PTSD. And I, I really really cannot wait to watch this. Um, more kind of Star Wars TV news. There was a lot of it. So leaked footage from George Lucas's Star Wars Underworld TV show has uh, turned up online, and it looks. It's kind of quite interesting. I, I watched it all, and I have to say, it's um, so it's kind of more concept footage. It's proof of concept than anything else, and it is very rough. 
Like a lot of the voices, you know, the voiceover doesn't quite match. It's like seems seems like the characters that the actors in it aren't the final actors that they probably would have used. Uh, the special effects, the CGI is a bit ropey, but it does look quite fun. And uh, it's just a bit of a shame that they, he never got the opportunity to do this show, which would have, um, I think it would have been a really, really interesting show. But, you know, we, I suppose we got the trilogy after that. And I, I enjoyed the trilogy. But uh, you can't have everything, can you? Anyway, um, Michael Keaton, apparently, this is so moving away from Star Wars and onto DC, uh, the CW world. So apparently there are rumors that the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover events on DC, on um, the CW, almost featured Michael Keaton as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. It featured, uh, oh God, there were so, there were so many cameos in this so there was like the likes of kevin conroy who played bruce wayne there was ezra miller who turned up as a flash robert wool was back as alexander knox uh, burt ward was back as dick grayson will wheaton <laughs> was in it tom welling returned as clark kent and tom ellis was there as lucifer there there are lots there are a load more cameos in this it was cameo heavy but apparently the cw really wanted to get michael keaton in it of course <laughs> he said no <laughs> i'm not surprised but I would have, I would have quite liked to have seen him in it, but I, I don't know if you guys have watched the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. It's confusing. Uh, it's, I was a bit disappointed by it personally, but again, that's that's a personal opinion. I know many people that liked it a lot, but personally, I didn't think it was um, the best crossover. It was too much. It was just too much. I, they, I, I, I applaud them for what they try to do, but. Personally, I find it I find it to be way too much. Anyway, I'm going to end this week with some recommendations, which is um, it's a new segment on the show. So I'm going to end each week with trying to recommend something, a series or a movie, uh, maybe a couple of series, and this week will be a couple of series. So the first one is Luna Nera, season one on Netflix, which is an Italian uh, show, an Italian Netflix original about witches. And it is, it's, uh, I kind of watched it really quickly. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, it's all in Italian. It's all about uh, persecution, persecution of witches. And I actually, in a weird way, preferred it to The Witcher. Uh, it's kind of in that, I suppose it's not really that vibe. It's a bit more kind of down to earth than The Witcher is. There aren't any monsters in it or anything like that. But I really, really enjoyed it for a very low budget um, series which it was I thought it was really impressive the other one is Ragnarok which is the um, the new Norwegian Netflix original which is incredible that's a really really good show it was recommended to me by a friend and I, I watched it the other day and uh, again it's not many episodes I think it's only six episodes long it is brilliant really really good really good take on on that whole Ragnarok story if you're familiar with it The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime this is something that I, I started watching a long time ago and I've recently, some I'm into season three now and I think it's a brilliant show. I do think that um, I always have a problem watching stand-up in shows and TV shows because it always comes off as a bit cringe. Yes, that there is that element of that to the marvellous Miss Maisel, Mrs. Maisel sometimes, Mrs. Maisel's uh, stand-up routines can be very cringeworthy it can be difficult watching them sometimes but it is apart from that it is a wonderful wonderful show full of great performances uh, performances and really good writing and and actually really good direction some of the stuff they do in this show is fantastic final recommendation is star trek picard on amazon prime i've been <laughs> i've really enjoyed the first three episodes 
and um, really excited to see to see more. And uh, I just I just think I actually think this is my favourite Star Trek Star Trek TV show. There's um, Star Trek Discovery as well, which is really good. But I actually prefer I I have preferred this so far, and it's just really good seeing uh, you know seeing John Luke back and. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see the rest of this. I think it's going to be. I think. I think it's going to be really, really good. Anyway, that was a lot to get through this week, and I merely scratched the surface of all the news that came out this week and last week. Actually, check out Small Screen, which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news, features, and reviews. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Small Screen GB. I have to apologise for my voice. I haven't been very well recently, so it's a bit husky this week. But thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you. I'll see you back here same time next week. Thank you very much, guys, and goodbye. Mm-hmm.